Can I be honest? I'll be honest. I'm struggling with how to begin the show today. But I think I can be forgiven for that because I've just got too much material. I'll tell you why coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life. I'm your host, Patrick Conley. And as you probably know, each day here on the show, we seek to move just a bit deeper into our relationship with the Lord, with our spiritual directors, all around a particular topic. And today, that topic is friendship and fraternity. How do those we consider our Christian friends, you know, those who walk with us through life's peaks and valleys, and perhaps especially through the long flatlands of our lives, how do they enhance our relationship with the Lord? Enhance my struggle in trying to think of something with which to open the show. I was trying to pick out just one story, just one, about how a Christian friend had influenced my life of faith. And I'll tell you, it was like looking for a droplet of water in a tidal wave. Thoughts and memories came flooding to mind. And many, of course, were good. Some were painful. And there were just so many names and faces of people whom the Lord has sent to help me out along the way and who I am pleased to be able to call my friends. All that being the case, I'm looking forward to our discussion today on fraternity and friendship. Join us again as our spiritual director is Father Sam Martin, pastor of Holy Name of Jesus Parish in Wausau, part of the Diocese of La Crosse, Wisconsin. Father Martin, good to be with you. Thanks for being here. Hey, Patrick, you and our listeners, what a privilege to talk about something that we all, I mean, it's a universal need and uh, such a, a great source of support, encouragement, the hope that we have, you know, the beginning of uh, the communion we want to share someday with God forever in heaven, so uh, to talk about friends. And insofar as you've got lots of material, this I'm just going to sit back and relax. This is great. <laughs> well, my friend, <laughs> uh, that's not that's not why we pay you the big bucks, there, Father. Oh, so uh, right. I'm, I'm guessing you're one. still on the hook there for that. <laughs> well, very good. Now I'm I uh, I'm looking forward to this. I I don't have necessarily a lot of material in terms of uh, wisdom and insight to share, and I think there's a lot of things that we can unpack about the qualities of friendship and how to cultivate friendships, that sort of thing. I'm just overwhelmed with gratitude for the number of people that uh, along the way have helped me out in my relationship with the Lord. But maybe that's where it's actually all stems from and where we should start, Father, is friendship, of course, with Jesus is um, what all of our earthly friendships point toward and, and help us to better understand our relationship with the Lord. I'm thinking here of Jesus' time with his disciples in the upper room saying, no longer do I call you servants, but I call you friends for all that I've heard from my Father I've made known to you. So maybe just starting, Father, with the understanding of what does it mean to have friendship, first and foremost, with the Lord? Yes, C.S. Lewis, I mean, his book about the four loves and all the different words in the Greek lexicon that describe love in different ways, affection, friendship, uh, eros or romance, and then finally the highest love, which is that of God, a charity, uh, which is unconditional and forgiving and patient and kind and all the things that St. Paul writes in his letter to the Corinthians, uh, 
end of chapter 12, early part of chapter 13. Uh, you know, so friendship is, um, is a love. And to have it with our Lord, uh, we just had a, a beautiful presentation here for Divine Mercy Sunday and a mother uh, superior from the Diocese of Green Bay, Mother Mary Catherine. She, I wrote it down because it's just, you know, one of these statements that is simple and yet the profundity and the, and the veracity, the, the truth of it. So she, wrote, she said that when we encounter Jesus Christ, we are never the same. Because when we encounter love, we are transformed. And so Jesus is a different kind of friend because he has our nature, uh, but he does uh, far transcend us. And friendship is typically between equals, right? I mean, that we have things in common. And insofar as Jesus takes our nature, he becomes one of us. He's born into our world. He suffers and dies. But, of course, he shows the power of his divinity by not staying dead for very long. And uh, never can he die again now. So he... uh, he extends this a gift to us that could never be merited, like I just need to earn this. Well, you can't. It's a, it's a pure gift. We can prepare our hearts to receive it. I mean, we, Lord, I'm not worthy to receive you. Okay, that's true. But uh, we can still do things that dispose or prepare the heart so that when the gift is given, we're able to receive it and to appreciate it, to realize what a gift. And so when Mother Mary Catherine said, you know, when we encounter Jesus Christ, we are never the same. Well, that's what friendship does. It changes people, uh, both the person giving the friendship and the person receiving it. Right. And please, God, it's mutual, right? I mean, unrequited love is famous. Lots of stories about, you know, I love him and he doesn't love me or whatever. But um, in the case of our Lord, it, Jesus makes it so clear that he will be faithful. He cannot deceive or be deceived. He can't change. He's God. We can change. And like Cardinal Newman said, to live is to change, to be perfect is to have changed often. So we ask God in that friendship that to be the catalyst for the changes in our heart so that we can be more humble, uh, more grateful, more able to let him into our hurts. So that means being more vulnerable. Like, I don't want you to see, you know, depart from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. That was St. Peter. You're not going to wash my feet. Uh, well, if I don't, then you won't be clean. And, uh, and no one else can do that for us. So friendship with Jesus is the greatest, it's the source and summit of our life. So that's Jesus in the Eucharist, preeminently uh, his presence in the world and with us until the end of the age. So people say, well, I can't be a friend with a, you know, he's gone, he's not here. Oh, no, he's, uh, you know, uh, bidden or unbidden, God is present. Or he used to say uh, around the tabernacle in our Dawson Center that he whom the world could not contain, love imprisons here. Mm-hmm. So he is here. Mm-hmm. And he still invites us to that friendship, to taste and see his goodness, and it is offered to every human being. And uh, it's up to us whether or not if we will accept and, and how deeply we'll let that influence and impact our life. So encountering Jesus, yeah, we're not the same, and we were never meant to be. Uh, this is how we grow and become what God had in store for us from the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. Our spiritual director today, Father Sam Martin from the Diocese of La Crosse, Wisconsin, as we're talking about fraternity and friendship, and just ex- Father Martin was just talking a little bit about what it means to be in friendship with the Lord. And Father, I just think, uh, so as you, as I think you know, I came into the church in 2010, so I was an adult uh, convert to the Catholic faith. And um, I think sometimes it strikes Catholics maybe as a little bit odd in the hearing of saying, if if we were to say something like, yeah, I, you know, Jesus is my friend, or even he's my best friend, or something like that. Um, 
the but the sentiment is still there. In fact, even such language is used even in the Catechism, paragraph three seventy four. The first man was not only created good, but was also established in friendship with his Creator. Um, so, just any thoughts or reflections on that? I mean, do we talk enough in our Catholic world about being friends with God, being friends with Jesus? I suppose it probably rings, you know, rather uh, strangely on some ears. You know, that I remember seeing kids that had these T-shirts, uh, silk screen that said, "Jesus is my homeboy." Okay, <laughs> right. I'm not sure what a homeboy is, but uh, I mean, it, it, so there's there's the idea of the transcendence of God, which of course needs to be protected, right? So that's where piety and reverence and uh, awe, wonder. I mean, the way we comport ourselves around God, around the tabernacle, that's why we genuflect, we, because God is other. I mean, he transcends us in every way. So, Moses, you're on holy ground. You should take your sandals off here. And so all those things, you know, show that he's God and he should be worshipped. And worship is the, the highest form of adoration. It's the highest expression of what our heart can give to another. And we only give it to God, uh, not to Mary or the saints or anybody else, even though we're often accused of doing that. So uh, the idea of, you know, that Jesus is my friend, that's the imminence of God. So he is in our world, and he lowers himself. They call this the abasement, uh, the self-abasement, that the emptying out, that uh, though he was in the form of God, Jesus did not deem equality with God something to be grasped at. Rather, he emptied himself and took the form of a slave, being born in the likeness of men. So this is... Uh, St. Paul's letter to the Colossians, and this is where we see that, well, we can approach him. I mean, are you God? Yes. Well, then, you know, there's a touching story of Elizabeth. Um, no, it's not Elizabeth Lesur, it's another lady. Anyway, um, it'll come to me. She was a great philosopher, and uh, she was teaching her children about transubstantiation and receiving communion, and uh, she had gone up and received and came back, and her little boy maybe was five, and he said, Mommy, is he inside of you? What? Is Jesus inside of you? Oh, yes, he is. Mm-hmm. And the little boy, he prostrated himself in the pew. He laid down in, in a way of, of this reverence, of this adoration, that if, if Jesus is inside of you, then, then I have to show you know, my love, my respect. So uh, yeah, these are things that you know, are, are touching reminders that the transcendence of God and the imminence, I mean, it's both, right? I mean, so many times heresies are the the divide, it's either or, but that's the devil, he loves to divide and conquer, and and typically God is one who unites, that uh, they may be one as, Father, you and I are one. This is the great, uh, the gathering of of the lost tribes, the separation and all the hurt that was brought into the world by sin. Friendship is uh, what he offers to his first followers, and then he wants them to go and and make of all disciples, leading people into this this friendship, this relationship, which defines who we are uh, from the time we're little until the time we die. Relationship is, that's where our identity comes from. So from the time we're born, we're a baby, so we're a son or daughter, and then if we have siblings, a brother or sister, and then we get married with a, a husband or a wife, and then we have children, a, a father or mother, all our relationships, that's who we really are. And we we're God's children. That's what St. John says, and that's what we are now. What we're going to be later has not been revealed, but we are his children. So we can experience love in, in multiple ways. And I don't know, I suppose it, it does, you know, like, God, Jesus is your friend. How do you do that? I mean, you can just talk to him. Does, does he really listen to you? I mean, what's he say when he talks back? And these are things that um, I would say that evangelicals probably do a little better 
than Catholics. You know, they have that, that relationship with the Lord, and that's what attracts people uh, to that path. I think the Catholic Church has all the graces and the fullness of the faith, everything that Jesus wanted to reveal, but we don't always maybe, um, you know, really understand it and receive it, and then what we receive we can more be better witnesses and give a greater testimony to. Yeah. Again, our spiritual director today, Father Sam Martin, pastor of Holy Name of Jesus Parish in Wausau, Wisconsin. When was a time when a friend, a brother, a sister in the faith made a significant difference in your spiritual journey? What did he or she do? How did he or she walk with you, support you, encourage you? This is a time to just open up and tell some good stories on friends who have made a significant difference. Love to hear it. Love to be encouraged by your story here on The Inner Life. Our phone number is 888 888-914-9149 or send us an email innerlife at relevantradio.com Father, in the in considering friendships um, maybe let's move into what some qualities, I mean you started talking about this when we were talking about friendship with the Lord, but now friendships between uh, brothers and sisters in the faith, the fraternity that we have been created for and are invited to share within, especially as followers of the Lord um, what are some qualities of that relationship? What are things that we want to be looking for when we're perhaps cultivating a friendship? Yeah, I'd say being a good listener, and I'm not exactly sure what you just said, uh, Patrick. I wasn't. <laughs> okay, touche. Very good. Uh, all right. I was, uh, was distracted. It's Elizabeth Anscombe was the lady I was trying to remember. She was uh, uh, the mother of those kids. And anyway, uh-huh. uh, yeah, to be a good listener, I mean, it, to, to really be aware of a person that um, we can tell when someone is genuinely interested in what we have to say, and that, that kind of uh, solicits more sharing. And, uh, you know, because communication is really the, the exchange of, of lives, of who we are and the things that are important to us. Uh, when C.S. Lewis describes friendship, it's, there's that epiphany or that moment where we discover that you too, you see it that way too, and there's so oftentimes it's a, you know, kind of the idea of shoulder to shoulder where uh, the intimacy, the romance, the love between a husband and wife is more face to face, but friends you know, they walk through life in a way that uh, they help each other along by encouragement. But being a good listener is a, uh, such an important skill to learn, and uh, not just with the ear, but with the heart. Uh, that's the key, and that's what comes from prayer. That's where God, we have these spiritual senses, you know, and those many times are not very developed. But uh, Mother Teresa of Calcutta, and you've talked to anybody that ever knew her, and she was a good listener. Uh, but she spent three or four hours in front of the tabernacle uh, almost every day, and that affects a person's heart. Uh, that affects the way we receive not just Jesus, but then his people. So I think that uh, we'd all say that our best friends are people that they, they have time for us, and they're interested in us, you know, genuinely, and they listen to us. And because they listen, then they they can give us good feedback. Uh, you have to be honest, I think, to be a friend. Uh, so we don't want people to patronize us. I mean, we, on some level, I suppose, we like that. But in the end, that's not really going to be life-giving. So there has to be some honesty, and sometimes our friends, um, they, they challenge us. You know, without that, we'd never really grow. You know, we, uh, we don't always um, want somebody to pat us on the back, but to, you know, give us a nudge and say, hey, you're uh, 
you're meant for more than this. Uh, and I think also humility is, um, is, you know, the idea that this person sometimes, you know, whatever he or she has to offer is maybe more important, so we don't mind listening. That's a, a part of a humble heart, I think, is just being aware that other people uh, want to participate, too. They want to share what they have to share. And uh, there are just many things, I suppose, one could say about friendship. I think we have to be forgiving uh, and accept that gift from others, that we're all imperfect, and friendships typically go through some hurts, uh, some misunderstanding, and then maybe even some betrayal. And uh, there comes a time where, is it worth it? Do I really want this friendship? Uh, and people change too, right? So we don't all change at the same rate. That makes it difficult, I think, especially in marriage, any relationship that we're not in the same place that we once were. And those things, uh, they're just not easy. I mean, I, St. Philip Neary, his spiritual director, um, he was the spiritual director for St. Camillus de Lellis. And then they had a kind of a falling out, and they, uh, they didn't you know, publicly denounce each other or anything like that, but they just, you know, wasn't quite the same. So mm. uh, Camillus went and found another spiritual director. They both canonized saints, so they lived heroically, but, uh, you know, they weren't quite swimming in the same waters or at the same pace or, or in the same direction, I guess. I don't sure. know what these things happen. Yeah. And uh, it's not to say that it couldn't happen to us, even uh, in the best scenario that Sometimes it's just the friendship was life-giving for a while, but uh, now circumstances have changed. And so as priests, we get moved around, uh, and so that's probably the hardest thing is, um, you know, kind of letting go of some people that really helped us. But, you know, it, we have to follow the Lord, and uh, he'll always provide, and we um, we trust him in that. But there can be years where, you don't have a lot of close friends, and that's where you have to be really careful about where you turn when you need support. And, uh, you know, you watch too much TV, or pretty soon you're, I just had a second or third beer, and pretty soon I'm looking forward to that, or whatever. I mean, it's, uh, there's so many ways that human beings are fragile, and friendship um, helps to address that and to shore that up and to protect us from a lot of our, uh, our sadness and our loneliness. Yeah, yeah, that's an excellent point, Father, and I think we'll swing back to that. Our spiritual director today, Father Sam Martin from Holy Name of Jesus Parish in Wausau, as we're talking about fraternity and friendship. If you have a, a friend or if you have been a friend to someone else who in a time of, of need, a time when God you worked through you or worked through a friend in your life to draw you closer to him, if you have a testimony to give about a friendship that you have cultivated perhaps over many years, perhaps it's a relatively new one. Give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, or send us an email, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. We're going to take a short break, but we'll be back with more of The Inner Life right after this. This hour sponsored by Ave Maria Mutual Funds, where financial goals are aligned with pro-life values and fund decisions are based on investment fundamentals designed to preserve and grow wealth without violating moral beliefs. More information at AveMariaFunds.com. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley, and you are listening to the show either on Relevant Radio, on RelevantRadio.com, or on the Relevant Radio app. We thank you for tuning in. Thanks for listening. 
We are talking today about fraternity and friendship with our spiritual director, Father Sam Martin, pastor of Holy Name of Jesus Parish in Wausau, Wisconsin, part of the Diocese of La Crosse there. Father, I wanted to pick up where we left off or just what you were leading us into there, because I think in this day and age, especially as we get older in, and maybe proceed on into adulthood and uh, we get focused, of course, on our careers, on our families, our, the immediate family, the people right around us, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it's it becomes more difficult, quite frankly, and in some ways more time consuming to cultivate good, deep friendships. So. I, I liked how you, you were just starting to talk about what having some good, close uh, friends, Christian friends, uh, brothers and sisters in the faith who will walk with us, what that protects against, um, and uh, where do we go for support. Maybe unpack a little bit more for us the the good things and why we should seek to take the time to cultivate good Christian friendships. When we uh, were out at... It was called the Institute for Priestly Formation, and it's uh, hosted out at uh, Creighton in the summer, so it's a great program. And they would always, uh, this little acronym, RIM, Relationship, Identity, Mission. Right. And just as you know, basic anthropology, that our identity comes from relationships, much more so than mission. But when that gets inverted, when I, uh, I see my life as it's my job, it's my career, it's my, uh, you know, I'm a great athlete, or when I define myself by the things I do, that's a trap because... Um, you're not going to be able to do those things forever. We get older, and uh, our skill set, you know, atrophies and everything else. And so what, what am I now? You know, when you see people that struggle to retire, that they're long in the tooth, and it's time to, to hang them up, but it's just, this is what I am. No, that's not what you are. It's what you do, and uh, that's nice, and that's, uh, you know, making a contribution. But what you are is the relationship, that we are God's children. So friendships, relationships with other human beings can keep us, you know, rooted in that, but uh, we've all seen, you know, people that work too hard, and they just it uh, burns them up, and it pretty soon uh, they just don't have the relationships at all. And it's there's an imbalance there. And spiritually, uh, work is good for us, but it in moderation. It can become an idol too. Now we live in a country where, you know, people don't work enough. I mean, they just uh, people suffering with bed sores because they're not doing anything, and mm-hmm. that's obviously going to be uh, to weaken uh, the integrity of the human person. But but to put the relationships first, uh, then you know friendships and so forth, and then that balances. I mean, it's that's the way God designed us. We're made in God's image and likeness. God is love. Love is relation. Uh, you know, relational. It has to be given and received. So uh, when we uh, when we start to isolate ourselves, and we see this with guys that end up leaving the priesthood, there's a fairly uh, clear trajectory. And usually, the the guy just stops coming around. He's not at any priestly functions. He's not. And that's a bad sign, typically, because uh, when we become reclusive, uh, we're going to be at risk. I mean, the devil, he's a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So yeah. if we can support each other through our friendship, and our, especially with priests, you know, be fraternal with other priests, we'll have a, a higher chance, a greater likelihood of, of not being so exposed. Otherwise, you know, I mean, what does a, a roaring lion look for? You look for the weak, you know, uh, out of the the back of the herd, the one that's not keeping up or is off on his own, well, that's the one that's easiest to uh, to pick off. So yeah. friendship will protect us from that kind of isolation. Now, we're not all extroverts. We don't have to have a lot of friends, but uh, we do have to have those relationships that draw us out of ourselves. Otherwise, the human heart 
C.S. Lewis, I just quoted this from The Four Loves, too, about putting your heart in a box, and that it, uh, it'll be safe in there, but it won't be unchanged. It'll become unchangeable. It'll just become uh, irredeemable. I mean, it just gets hard because it's meant to give and receive love. And uh, so that's the famous line at the end of It's a Wonderful Life, that no man is poor who has friends. Uh, and so this man discovers that, that he doesn't have the material things, and he always feels you know, insecure about that. He always feels you know, kind of envious about others who do. But in the end, he sees that he's rich in terms of his friendship because he's lived a generous life, a life of service. And uh, in the end, those are the things that we take with us, the loves that we've cultivated, the loves that we've given and received, especially when they were you know, always uh, growing closer to the source of that love, God himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think as I'm, as I'm listening to you there, Father, I'm, I'm, I'm catching uh, well, a number of themes, but specifically it's one of the things that entered my mind is was that friendships can be, cultivating friendships can be risky. It, uh, you know, it involves us putting ourselves out there, which I know it's been said in a number of different ways, but something like, you know, in this day and age, we are more connected than ever before and yet uh, more lonely than ever before um, because of the social media connections, that sort of things that, that go on that uh, may masquerade as friendships, but uh, may lead us to thinking that we have very, very many friends, when in actuality the Lord has created us for something quite deeper that involves risk, it involves receptivity, some of the qualities you were talking about before, being a good listener, being humble, being forgiving, uh, giving ourselves away to another uh, in that in that realm of friendship. And so I, I guess what I'm saying is, is that as we as we enter into, especially, again, kind of adulthood, and uh, are tempted in these directions, there's still there's still something innate within us and how we've been created to seek out this fraternity, this friendship that God has designed us for, right? Yeah, you know, when you're little, it just happens naturally. I mean, you have lots of friends, you don't even think about it, but then you get older and I need to make more friends. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think friendship is something that you discover. It's God's gift to us and it happens in the way that that the Lord wants it to happen. When I went to college, it was just, um, you know, I think high school was just a lot more natural for me for whatever reason, but in college, I just, and then you get um, very self-conscious, and maybe you, you kind of force the issue a little bit, like I need to make friends, and you, you know, sometimes you compromise yourself to fit in, to be part of the group, to, you know, whatever, and those things uh, you recognize later that if you just are stay close to the Lord. I mean, He's going to provide uh, in terms of the right relationships at the right time. I mean, anybody that's discerning marriage, that how did you know? Well, I was always open to God's will, I thought, and if you want me to marry, then bring me the right person. And, and uh, you know, that's uh, discernment is more of an art than a science, but even so, that if we're just trying to live our faith, we'll make the right friends at the right time. And then there are just going to be the years where we're a little bit more lonely, and that God permits, not it's not a punishment, but it does stretch us. And the Lord says, you come closer to me. I'll be your friend. I'll be the one that... And so all these things, they they kind of run their course. There are some friends, probably one or two, or that we have for maybe a lifetime. That, uh, you know, for us, when we were ordained as priests, you know, our classmates, um, sometimes you have a, a close-knit class. And thanks be to God, we do. And we've always... Uh, had that as a, a blessing. So for uh, all these years, almost 24, 
we get together once a year and just um and I think that the key for us and what has kept us together is uh the blessed sacrament because mm-hmm. when we we always have a a holy hour in mass each day each time that we're together and that changes the way that you relate to each other the way you speak to each other the way you speak about your bishop or you know about your boss uh, if you put Jesus first he sanctifies those friendships and uh and then it becomes a a real moment of of trust, of encouragement, but also accountability. I mean, that's our friends kind of help us to, you know, uh, live at a higher level. Uh, they see the good in us, and they they know that we're capable. And they and we want someone that you know holds us to that level, someone that believes in us enough to say, "Hey, come on now, you know, uh, you don't need to say that, or you could, you know, get out of that uh, stinking thinking and uh, you know be a little bit more positive, uh, whatever it is that." Um, True friends can do that for each other, and uh, the best friendships are all rooted in Christ. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about that, and we see it from the early uh, disciples all the way to the present day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and uh, speaking of that, that's a good time, too, to uh, to bring up, as my producer Nick was talking about at the at the opening of the show, you know, the real miracle about Jesus is that he had... He had twelve friends over thirty who, when he was over thirty, which um, and I guess I wanted to draw that out specifically because um, when we're talking about fraternity, you mentioned your you know some relationships you have as a priest, Father, and that's that's got to be difficult. But a lot of men, I think, especially these days, live life in kind of an isolation from uh, really entering into fraternity or deep friendship with other men. Do you want to reflect on that for a while? Why is why is friendship with other men is important? And uh, how might we move more deeply into those uh, those friendships, that fraternity, uh, that brotherhood in the Lord? Well, I think always that, uh, you know, this is the difference between male and female is, uh, you know, women are great communicators, and that's a really important part of uh, friendship. And so men can be a bit more reticent, especially about their emotions and about the things that, that can kind of, you know, all of a sudden we're not just at the level of superficiality. I mean, if if the depth of your friendship is just hunting and fishing and sports, well, that's that's a start, but it's typically not enough to sustain. I mean, we want to share deeper things. So that's why you get guys around a campfire, uh, and I don't know, there's something uh, hypnotic and mesmerizing, something that draws a man out of himself a little bit. And we live in a society where, you know, it's they used to call it a fatherless society and so forth. So we need to train our, our boys to, to have good friendships with other men uh, so they can be good fathers to their sons. And and just to relate to God, who is a father too, and uh, whatever our strengths are, that if uh, if we're not relational, then we just bury ourselves in work, and uh, that's just not it's not going to promote you know or enhance the marriage because the the woman is going to want to you know I remember my dad used to come home from work and uh, you know he was a machinist at 3M and mom would say well how did it go uh, dad would say fine about the same and that was it I mean <laughs> he never really wanted to talk about it. He wanted to be a farmer, and he was, but uh, he had to work that job to make the farm go. And um, Dad was, you know, that's a typical male thing. Is that, uh, But I think if he just, he didn't have to, you know, become verbose about what the day was like, but he could have said, uh, and how was your day? You know, I think that was would have been a, a chance. I think that we learn from each other, and uh, I catch myself all the time that I, I miss those cues, too, where um, relationships are based on mutual trust and communication, and that's not something that men are uh, innately all that good at. But with God's help and uh, the patience of friends, 
it can be cultivated. I somebody pointed out, uh, oh, I don't remember when, maybe a year ago, that uh, Father, you have a tendency to interrupt people when they're talking. Oh, and nobody ever tells priests this because they're all afraid of like you know eternal punishment or something. But so we don't get <laughs> we don't get the constructive criticism that we need sometimes. And uh, and then I catch myself doing it all the time. I'm like, gosh, when did I start doing that? I think. I'll get an idea, and I'm afraid if I don't say it, I'll forget it, and it's something that I think is witty or clever, and I want to be the funny guy, and so I got to get it in there. So, uh, and then people just, uh, well, I mean, it's Father, so we're not going to tell him that he has faults. So, I was grateful uh, <laughs> to have this one pointed out. I probably cut you off about six times on this show already, Patrick. So, uh... <laughs> no, not at all, Father. No, but that's. I mean, it's a good example of uh, of one of the ways that fraternity, you know, the the classic scriptural reference ironing iron sharpening iron how um we can we can be in love we can help one another to build one another up and point out yeah i think you need to work on this brother this is something that is there for you i tell you what father let's uh let's take a phone call we'll come back to that but let's take a phone call we've got patricia who's calling in from reno nevada patricia welcome to the inner life thank you thank you so much for taking my call um i guess i'll try to keep this brief um I was just asking for some direction, spiritual direction on this situation. I have a close friend that I've known for a long time, more than 30 years since we were like 17. And I just, um, I'm a convert and um, more um, since for, for, for about eight years I've been, I uh, am, am Catholic. And um, I've just, we, yeah, I guess we've grown in different ways. She doesn't. She's a close friend. We're having some conflicts, and I, but our friendship now it doesn't really support my spiritual life, and, um, and uh, anyway, I guess what I'm asking is just, I'm not sure. I'm trying to pray on whether, because I think she's there's some anger on her part, or feeling like we're just so different, and, um. And um, I don't. I feel like if I don't try to talk with her or try to reach out more, I think it's just going to float away the, the the relationship. So I'm just not sure what to do. And I do feel that though it our friendship doesn't really support my my Catholic faith, and and sometimes like we I just can't share that part of my life, and um, and sometimes I think we actually have gotten into some arguments just because she's kind of on the opposite. Well, she's just agnostic and politically, um, you know, on the left and so on. Um, so anyway, I just wondered if the Father has anything to say with, with that. Yeah, Patricia, first of all, uh, thanks for your uh, the insights that you have and for sharing that because that's not an uncommon thing. Uh, and I'm sorry... You know, because it does cause some hurt. And I think that we want to be grateful for the friendship that you've shared all these years. And, um, you know, part of whatever comes next is gratitude because all the the past is a preparation for a future only God can see. So none of this was, you know, futile or in vain. Or, uh, But, you know, I would just continue to pray for her. And, uh, and you know, the Lord said he, there'd be situations that would be awkward, difficult. We'd be led before, you know, like... Uh, magistrates and whatever, but he would provide, the Holy Spirit would provide the right words at the right time. So that's what I always, you know, in situations that are, we're not sure how to navigate, then I, we just make it clear to the Lord that 
if you want me to say something, please help me. I'm not opposed to it, uh, but I don't know when to say uh, and what to say. So then we really then are kind of cooperating with the strings of the Holy Spirit, like the wind, he blows where he wills and when he wills. So we then we just wait and, uh, you know, to let things kind of run their course. But I would make it clear to her, if um, if God allows anyway, that I'm really grateful for all that we've had, and that I know that things are different now. And that's nobody's fault. It's just life, and maybe we're not in the same place. And But I, I want you to know, for whatever it's worth, that I, I'm grateful for all that we've shared together. And I don't know what the future is, And uh, but I'll always... You know, I always count this as a blessing in my life. And um, sometimes, you know, just kind of alluding to the fact that we feel it, you know, she might be ready to, you know, you know no, it's not you, it's me. I, you know, I, I see what you have and I want it. And it makes me feel bad that I don't have it and I don't know how to get it. And uh, so then I, I think that I seize with resentment. And I don't mean that. I don't mean to take it out on you, but I, or whatever. I mean, sometimes if we, um, when the Lord gives us the right words in the right circumstances, uh, it can sow seeds for whatever her life is to be. Because please God, you know, we're going to see her and spend eternity with her uh, in heaven, and then all will be well. And uh, we'll be able to see the impact that our lives had uh, down here on what happens up there. So uh, we'll pray and let the Lord kind of guide. And But I do think that you know, just the gratitude for what you've shared, uh, you know, you're in a different place. Okay, that's good. That's holy. And that's uh, what God wants for you. And he wants that for her, too, but each in their own time and their own way. Excellent points, Father. Patricia, I hope that helps. Uh, great question. Thank you for calling in. It can be tricky. It can be tricky to navigate the waters of friendship. So if you have a question about that, like Patricia's, give us a call. Ask your question. 888-914-9149, or perhaps you have a story about how a Christian friend helped you in your life of faith. Also, join the conversation, 888-914-9149, or send us an email, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. We're going to take another short break, but we'll be back with more right after this. Stay with us. If you are in the market for health insurance, our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is here to help you and your family find the most cost-effective health plan. Learn more at relevantradio.com slash Forrester. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, our producer, Thomas Engeser, taking your phone calls, and our spiritual director, Father Sam Martin, pastor of Holy Name of Jesus Parish in Wausau, in the Diocese of La Crosse, Wisconsin, as we're speaking today about fraternity and friendship. Do you have a story about how a Christian friend has really influenced your life? Maybe they've walked with you through thick and thin um, for the last, I don't know, 10, 20, 30 years. Would love to hear it. Give them a shout-out, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or send us an email. Uh, that email address is relevantradio.com. Let's take a phone call, Father Martin. Uh, we've got Tom, who's calling in from Melrose Park, Illinois. Tom, thanks for calling in. Hi, how are you, Father? Hello, hello. Can you... Great, how are you? Good. Everything's going well. How's tell us what you what's on your mind? Well, I have I have a few friends. Uh, two, one I grew up with, 
and uh, and I currently work with him and another friend who who um, got upset with me because he he got in a car accident and uh, I have an extra car that's a, an old car my father's but it's not the safest car and he got mad at me because I didn't let him borrow my my father's car while he was looking for a car um, um, because of the accident so he didn't want to pay he didn't want to pay money to rent a car. And I said, I, at first I told him yes, but then another friend of mine said, you know, if something happens, you know, you're going to be held a, a, a liable for that. And I, I, I told him, I explained it to him, and he got upset with me. And I've been trying to reach out. I've been trying to call him. I've been trying to help him, say, I can help you find a car and blah, 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 and this and that. And he he, he, he found a car. Um one day he called me and I said, let me know what's going on. You know, if you found a car and he calls me, he says, you found a car. Doesn't let me know what kind of car he bought. Just says, I'm good. Thank you. And, and I've been kind of hurt. And I reached out just last week. I said, I'm by your house. I came by to talk and he wasn't, he wasn't home. Hmm. And yeah, uh, those are painful things, Tom. I mean, it's, uh, I guess we just continue to pray for him so that your own heart doesn't, uh, you know, sometimes we start to harbor, unforgiveness and it seems that you know uh your position was a reasonable one and it's too bad that these things happen and it's not to say that it's over sometimes it person just needs space uh and of course our prayers will help him but also help you uh so that you don't feel like you know if he did come back you'd just kind of resent it like no you know you were cool to me uh when i try to reach out so no thanks i mean all the prayers you offer for him now will be a preparation for what God has in store later, whatever that is. And, um, you know, we, friendships go through tough things, and it can happen at any stage. Uh, it's just like marriage, you know, that by the time you've been through every you know challenge in life, uh, then it's time to go home to heaven. But, uh, you know, when you think, well, we've been through it all, it's just, uh, no, it's, it's just life has so many uh, difficult struggles. And so, uh, it's painful what you describe. And, uh, I do think that your understanding of the scenario was a reasonable one, but he had his own, uh, you know, thoughts on the matter too. So now we pray and leave it in God's hands that, you know, uh, can't force, you know, that Jesus said, sometimes you, you might have to shake the dust off your sandals. You might have to move along. And, and that's, not easy for us, but um, the Lord will help us with it, and he loves this other person very much. And, um, you know, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. It wasn't God's fault. These things are just part of life, but um, we'll leave it in God's hands. As to, you know, Lord, you can repair it. I hope that you will. But whatever happens, um, I'm grateful for, you know, the things that we shared, the friendship that we had, and I sure I'd love to have it back again. I think the one of the things, thank you to Tom for calling in and, and posing the question. I think one of the things that Tom's call points out, Father, is that, again, going back to the risks that are involved in friendship, that, yeah, friendships, as you said, Father, go through tough times. I mean, it is sometimes it's it's it can be emotionally draining. It can be a drain on our time, on our focus. It can, uh, you know, if we have a falling out with a friend that can kind of eat us up for for days, sometimes weeks on end. And uh, I guess one of the things that, that I'm thinking about is um, there might be going through the minds of many, and especially, if I may say so, especially many men, is it worth it? 
Is it worth it? So maybe to circle back around to it, Father, I mean, how do we even get going? You mentioned like, you know, you put guys around a campfire, then sometimes they do start um, they do start opening up. How do we even practically begin to get going in that in that realm to take the risk? Well, it's like a lot of things in life. I mean, you can only control so much, thanks be to God, because control is usually a fear thing. So the best thing we can do is is you know, grow closer to God, become the best version of ourselves, be, you know, at peace with who we are. You know, I mean, that means examining our conscience, looking at the the things that are limitations. That's not so difficult if we're honest, if we get lots of things, lots of temptations, and making a good confession on a regular basis. That's already a huge preparation for being a good friend. I mean, because that's an act of humility, it's courage, it's trust, it's honesty. Those are all really good uh, characteristics. And uh, by preparing ourselves that way and humbling ourselves and praying getting that then we can look in the mirror and see someone that we genuinely respect you know jesus said you'll love your neighbor as yourself so if you don't love yourself well i don't know friendship is not going to go so well like i need you You're, you complete me this is like some kind of a uh, codependency thing and it's better to be at peace with who you are and then when the friends come they're just pure gift like you're not so desperate and I learned that they used to say that in college, that desperation is a poor cologne. Not many women are, uh, you know, all that uh, enthralled with it. So when you're a desperate <laughs> person, you're just like, I need someone. I got to be with it. But then no one's going to be uh, all that drawn to that. But when you're just at peace with yourself, then, you know, that makes you already a potentially really good friend. So we're not going to go out and make friends and, uh, you know, they do that on Facebook and these kinds of things. But, you know, that just can be a bit shallow at times. How many friends do you have? Well, I don't know. Are those really friends? Do we really share much? Are we really uh, honest or you know trusting with each other? I don't know. But um, but you know you can receive the gift of friendship, and you're going to be much more prepared for it if you just. So I think for men, I just teach them to be good men, be good friends of Jesus, you know, and he'll take care. You know, he'll bring the right people at the right time into your life, and you'll be ready and you'll be grateful. And when you're challenged and you go through these kinds of things, like Tom just described, you, it'd be another opportunity for spiritual growth, not, you know, the sky is falling, I'm chicken little and it's over. I mean, now I just quit. I mean, we all get hurt and we go to our corner and we have to have a good, you know, cry. And I always see the Lord is kind of sitting down by us and is, you know, muscles up our hair. Are you okay? You want to get back in now? I mean, it's, you know, reengage. Okay, Lord. I mean, it's, yes. If, but if we don't have that friendship with Jesus, we'll never re-engage. I got hurt once, and so I just, you know, I just stopped playing the game. I'm not going to take any risks. I'm just going to live life on my terms. Whoa. Yeah. Now, that's not a recipe for much joy, <laughs> and uh, it's a pretty lonely life. And uh, you can't become a saint that way. The saints, they, were, uh, they learned how to love, and that means that they got hurt, and in some cases a lot. But Mother Teresa said, I've discovered the paradox that if you love until it hurts, there is no hurt. There's only more love. Mm. Now that is a mystery, and that's something that can only happen by experience and prayer. She discovered that. She didn't do that. This is what, some accomplishment that she could put on her curriculum vitae. No, this is something that she followed the Lord. She said, I don't want to ever refuse you anything, Jesus. And she was changed by her encounter with him, and that made her... Her impact on other religious women on the world, remarkable. I mean, this is a woman that was fully alive, and she'd say, Jesus did that for me. He did yeah. that for me every day, and uh, the world's a better place for it. 
I mean, you got to think, right, Father, that uh, that the saints themselves um, were likely great friends. I mean, we have stories of of saintly friends and uh, and there being you know interactions between the saints, friendships between the saints. And that sort of thing, all the way through our history as a church, and uh, you got to think that. I mean, I think they're just exemplifying what you put forward, which is, it seems to me that in order to be a good, strong friend, um, you need to cultivate first that friendship with the Lord and take your cues from what friendship really looks like based on that, uh, based on how you interact with the Lord, incorporating some of the things that you've already talked about, like humility, honesty, listening. Uh, forgiving that sort of thing, yeah. Others, other saints, Father. Any other saints that you think of that are that it would be great examples of uh, uh, things that we should refer to when we're cultivating friendships? Yeah, just generically. I mean, uh, saints make other saints because you know we're impacted, mm-hmm. we're influenced. So uh, when we see someone that's really holy, we say, "I want to be like that." I mean, it happens on multiple levels. When I was in high school, I wanted to be like Michael Jordan. Uh, it didn't turn out for me, but uh, <laughs> it wasn't for lack of trying. But I could, you know, make some of the shots that he would. You would just imitate what he did, and it's the same when you meet somebody who's genuinely holy, who's really sincere. There's an authenticity about their life. So uh, I, I think of people like Saint Francis de Sales and Saint Jane Francis de Chantel. I mean, the latter was a really intense woman that would have been probably scrupulous. I mean, if it had not been for the gentleness of Saint Francis. Uh, the sales that he was her spiritual director and he was a, just such a steady hand and the complementarity between those two um i think of saint ignatius of loyola and saint francis xavier i mean they right. were just you know uh in terms of their temperaments very very different but eventually they uh they became best friends and then they were willing to to forego that for the for the gospel because francis xavier spent all those last years of his life in the far east they never saw each other again yeah. Uh, St. Teresa of Avila, St. John of the Cross. I mean, uh, again, a, you know, kind of a, a mentoring sort of thing that Teresa found in John, a priest that really understood her and could help her. And, um, you know, it, it's a lonely life as a saint, I think, too, because as close as you get to Jesus, you're still not in heaven. And the closer you get, yeah. the more you want. And um, so, yeah, it's beautiful. True. It's true enough, Father. Well, um, we are going to need your blessing in order to continue to navigate these waters of friendship and fraternity. So if you would, please, Father. May God grant each and every one of your hearts the love that will sustain you, guide you, and protect you. May God bless you now and always, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Sam Martin has been our spiritual director today here on The Inner Life. My thanks to him for that. And thank you for tuning in and joining us as we explored fraternity and friendship. If you missed any part of the program, go on and check out the show page on RelevantRadio.com. Coming up next, The Holy Sacrifice of the Mass with Father Rich Geschel. Tomorrow in The Inner Life, we're talking about battling persistent sins. In the meantime, grace and peace to you.